What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Valdez and Itakio. And this is Juliano Clary. This is Closing Football Radio. Thanks for joining us today on a special edition, Tuesday, November the 10th. It is an uh, upcoming Nations League week. We're on the international break now, a very weird week. Um, that Juliana and I will be discussing a lot of players uh, breaking protocol, a lot of players being told they can't go on international duty. Uh, so we'll break that all down for you. Um, also um, break down for you uh, Italy's upcoming t- important game on Sunday, November the 15th against Poland. That takes place, I believe, at Montpellier Stadium um, in the La Emilia Romagna. And, uh, but first and foremost, what we want to do is we want to take, re- take some time and we want to recap um, match day seven, uh, a lot of, I would say, boring games, uh, but a lot of disappointments. Wouldn't you say, Giuliano? Yeah, Saturday was uh, quite uneventful in regards to the football. Sunday was a little bit better. Yeah, got some nice stories there. Looks like uh, all the. It's basically the the story of this week seven is that all the big teams, all the ta- all the teams in the upper table. Just drop points, drop points. Yeah, everybody, right? Almost yeah, except uh, Roma. except Roma. Except Roma, Belarusi are uh, firing on all cylinders, but we'll break that down later on in the show. Let's jump right in. Uh, first game took place on Friday. Uh, was a was a bit of a dud. Um, Sassuolo and Udinese. Udinese holding a clean sheet. Very very good for them against uh, a Sassuolo team. Had their main guys back, Berardi, Caputo, but they just couldn't find anything. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, very uninspiring game. Caputo was off, which is fine. It was expected. He uh, He's allowed to miss a, a game every once in a while. Uh, they switched up the formation a bit, Sassuolo, and Berardi didn't play in the typical right-attacking, right-winger type position as a forward. He played more as a as a right wing back, I guess the counter uh, Udinese's five three two system. So that was a bit different, and uh, we had a couple fill-ins in the defense. I played another outstanding performance. Locatelli again showing his worth in that middle. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, this the, that's this was a very defensive game. You got to give credit to Gotti. He came out and he played. Uh, he played. He sat back, tried to soak in, play a counter attack. Um, for Udinese and the defense for Udinese did their job. It did well. Uh, when uh, Sassuolo was on the ball, they collapsed, compacted the mid, the, the middle of the box when uh, on the Sassuolo attack. So they did their job really well. Just their their forwards, their forwards couldn't do nothing. I mean, Pusetto Okaka couldn't do nothing when they had some opportunities. Zero shots on target. Um, they fired two shots on goal, so it was a bit of a, a bit of a letdown. And uh, in that, when they had the counterattacking chances, so Consigli really didn't have much to do. But just to touch on what you said, I mean, the defense versus Swallow did really well. Ian Marlon, man of the match, uh, and then again Ferrari putting in another outstanding performance has been rewarded with a call to the Italian national team, finally, um, which is which is nice to see. Uh, but are they playing out of position? Can't really say much about that, and then look at Telly again. Like you said, the he's he's a he's a leader there. He's a leader on this Sassuolo team. Sassuolo will be disappointed with the zero zero draw. You can see the frustration that Zerbi's face throughout the game when they couldn't break through. 
but it's not the end of the world for Sassuolo. They are punching above expectations. Uh, I know Dizerbi would have liked to have been jumped into first place with this win, but uh, I'm sure he's more than happy to stay in second place. Yeah, it looks like this is what we're going to be expecting from Udinese's uh, season this year. They're going to, they think they're in a relegation battle. That's how they set up and played for this game. Yeah. They had no intentions of winning it, just on a break or a mistake from Sassuolo. They, uh, I guess we can say they did a good job getting that point. It puts them one point closer out of relegation. They're just now one point behind Torino, for instance, who has five. So overall, I guess, in a strange way, positive result for Udinese. Uh, it was their first point in their last three games. Sassuolo, when you're at the top, draws are like losses. Yeah. That's the way it is. If they're truly fighting for the Scudetto or trying to get in the top four. Yeah. But as we saw in this week, it's okay since everyone tied except uh, Napoli and Roma this yeah. week. Yeah, it was a very strange week. So it's okay for, it's not the end of the world for Sassuolo. I'm sure they're very happy to be sitting pretty where they are in second place. So let's move on to the next game. Cagliari hosting Sampdoria at the Sardegna Arena. Big 2 nothing win for Cagliari. Uh, that red card uh, given to Algello in the first half really did change the game. Uh, Cagliari did take it to them. And yet again, Giuliano, Joao Pedro, another goal. Another goal. This guy does not stop scoring. Yeah, penalty, I believe it was, right? It was a penalty, but still. I mean, the guy's... Yeah, he's scoring. He's scoring. He played really well yet again. Uh, Nandez, outstanding performance for Cagliari in this game as well. Yeah, cool. Nandez is a guy I want to see at a... One of the big boys. Uh, I think he's an outstanding talent. Yeah, I think he deserves it. Uh, he can do everything. Yeah, absolutely. But man of the match has to be Diego Godin playing shutdown defense for that Cagliari team, keeping Sampdoria at bay. That pairing with Valukiewicz in the middle, in the, in the two, the pairing of Valukiewicz and Diego Godin in the middle for Cagliari as their center backs is really working out well for them. I think you said just really found what works for this Cagliari team and just keep using it. Yeah, he's, he's figured it out. He's yeah. getting uh, the important players on the ball, like Rog. So Rog's not really a left-wide midfielder, but he's playing him as a left-wide midfielder. Yeah. He, that way he gets on the ball, he gets the time. Uh, like, uh, like Ogiannis, he acts more like a left-midfielder winger. He runs that entire wing, and they get a lot of time on the ball, and Rog is able to pull the strings from uh, that side. And he's doing a great job from the middle as well. Godin was phenomenal. Most yeah. of the play went through him. He and was. Inter could, <laughs> I, I think Inter does wish they could have kept him. That was uh, a bit of a bonehead move. It's starting yeah. to look like. He's been, uh, he's been solid ever since he's gone over to Cagliari, So he, the guy's a leader, and for Uruguay and Atletico Madrid, he was a leader, always a vital player in yeah. uh, those teams, and Inter again. What, like we always do when we let go of players, we drop the ball. I don't think we fu fully analyze these players no. for what they're worth or realize what they're worth. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's great to see that, though. What did you think of Sampdoria's performance? I mean, the game totally changed as soon as Algelo got that red card. It, it, that, they basically went into uh, hold out, hold out for a draw. Yeah. They, that's what it felt like. Yeah, before the, before the red card, for instance, they were they had more shots yeah, they total. Were, they were passing better. They're you know winning their one on one battles, aerial duels, everything. Uh, the re I think the red card it changed this game. Totally it changed, changed the same. I think I think if if there's no red card in this game, it'd be a different result. Probably. Uh, 
proper red card. Yeah, I think it was just. Last man back. Yeah. It was uh that's what they ruled it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can you do? But congratulations to Kaderi. They keep on rolling. Uh, Sampdoria, not the end of the world. Yeah, they're, now they're both sitting on 10 points, 10 and 11. Sampdoria, 10th, 11th for Kaderi. Yeah. Even. Yeah, absolutely. Let's well, so move on to the next game. This actually, this scoreline surprised me quite a bit. Spezia coming off 3-0 victors at Benevento. Uh, deservedly so, they won this game. People at Zabi totally got this game wrong. Yeah, people. I don't know what's going on. But the other thing that you have to just interrupt real quick that you did mention before is that they were missing their talismanic Caprari and shows it really hurt them, right? Yeah, it did. But he Caprari doesn't prevent the goals from coming in. That's the thing. Letizia, he played poorly. Calderola didn't have a good game. Montipo, again, very poor. Just everyone, everyone had a poor performance in this Benevento team. Yeah. And the, th- the thing, too, about this is Spezia totally controlled the game. Yeah, that, sh- that's shocking. In every department. Yeah, totally shocking in this game. Yeah. the uh, young Italian, 21 years old, I believe. He scores his second goal in yeah. his second week. And Zola, uh, two goals. And Zola, Nahal Estevez, the Argentinian. He was a stand-up performer, and Gaiassi, too, on the left wing. He was pulling yeah. all the strings. Yeah, and then solid performances in the back there. Salvador Ferrer. Uh, Terzi. Terzi again. Solid, solid, solid leader. performance. And Cabot again. Another solid performance by Cabot before being brought off at Estevez in the midfield. Yeah, and Azola, he really impressed me with this finishing. Yeah. He was, uh, I think he came from uh, Trapini, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he came from Serie B. Recently, just came into this team, and now with uh, Galabinov out, he stepped right in. Azola, and two yeah. big goals for the Frenchman. Yeah. Big, big win here for La Spezia. Unexpected, okay. especially uh, when you consider Serie B last year. Yeah. Benevento ran through everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, my hats off go- goes to uh, Italiano and what he's doing with the Spezia squad. I, I definitely didn't expect this, and we'll start to show more, much more respect to La Spezia going forward in this season because they're doing a really good job. And considering the pieces that he has, he, and all the coaching troubles that are that are going around in Serie A, you gotta imagine that there's some sporting directors and owners that have their eye on Italiano as a, as a promising uh, as a promising coach. Yeah, he looks he looks good. Yeah. He looks good. Sets up his team well with the limited pieces he has, and they showed that uh, they deserve to be in Serie A. Yeah, just another two. Uh, I know we mentioned Terzi, Terzi, and Ricci. In the middle, the number eight, Matteo Ricci, he's turning out to be a tidy little midfielder uh, in regards to running the play because everything went through Terzi and Ricci. Uh, that's how the entire play was built up. They really impressed me on the ball, those two. And like we said, Ferrer as well was great. He was also, I think, the third most involved player. So that little that three uh, trio there, outstanding for Spezia. Let's see if they can keep it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so congratulations to Spezia. They still sit pretty in 13th place. Yeah, they're unexpected. I think we both had them for relegation. Yeah, I had them. I said they were going to be lucky if they won five games. Totally yeah, they've only lost two in their last six, yeah, which is so good for them. And they've crazy. had a tough schedule. <laughs> they have. They've had a tough schedule, so good for them. Let's move on. Parma hosting Fiorentina at the Ennio Tardini. The Hats' last game. <laughs> He's he gone. Bebe Akini and that hat are finally out of here. Uh, Cesare Prandelli has been announced coming in. We'll we'll break that down a little bit more right after we break down this game. Um, but uh, 
you got my hats off goes to Parma. Parma came in, Fabio Liverani came in and played a counterattacking game. He let Fiorentina soak in. He soaked in Fiorentina's pressure. Fiorentina had total control of this game. This was unfamiliar territory for Beppe Iacchini. This is not the Beppe Iacchini way, and they struggled. They didn't get no chances. I mean, they didn't capitalize on their chances. I mean, Kwame had a great chance. Biragi had a great chance. But, you know, hats off goes to Luigi Seppe. Had a great game. Uh, outstanding performance. Kept Parma in the game. Um, Parma, Inglese, Bobby English there, and Gervinho. Very poor up front on the, on the very limited chances that they had. And uh, well, the same goes for, for Fiorentina. I mean, Frank Ribery put in a decent performance, got a yellow card in this game. But uh, Polgar was, for me, was the man of the match in the midfield for Fiorentina, pulling the strings, uh, doing what he can. Castro really disappointed me in this game. And then uh, you got to give credit to the two, the, the two center backs of Fiorentina, Milenkovic and Igor, in on everything, shutting down Parma when Parma was coming on the counterattack. So there's, there's not much more. Uh, there's not much more I could say about this game because it was really 0-0. Zero, zero. There wasn't... Yeah, this was another kind of dud of a game. Yeah. Big uh, confidence boost for Parma, another one. Yeah, uh, able sure. to get a point here. Not a shot on target, I think, like you mentioned. Uh, the tactics were interesting by Liberani, but Iacchini, ultimately, this was up to him yeah. to go on the front foot, get a result, do something different. Like we said, there was rumors of... Uh, a formation change here but like we saw no surprise this guy brings out the same crap every week yeah. the only and difference was because he was forced to or else you know Callejon exactly would have started yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure everybody's happy to see the back of that hat <laughs> go and uh, now yeah. he can be played in his proper position because yeah. you see everybody he performs way better on the wing yeah. uh, it's just it doesn't it doesn't work whatever Yakini does he's a he, he's a low table coach Sit back, counter. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, uh, disappointing with th- with this talent pool. Yeah, you shouldn't be. Uh, you should be putting in a better performance than this. For sure, for sure. So that being said, what do you think of what do you think of Camiso's choice in bringing in Cesare Prandelli, bringing him back with what was out there? I honestly don't think it's it's not an inspiring choice. No. I don't think I so. Agree. Chesede, he's been out of the game for a while. I usually when coaches go back to their old teams, nothing good comes out of it. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, no, it, it's. I was quite surprised that it was Chesede Prendelli. At the same time, I mean, the, really, the the one thing that Chesede Prendelli is known for is his time at Fiorentina and that magical Euro twenty twelve run uh, with the Italian national team. But other than that, he's done nothing in the world of football. Yeah, so I'm going to read out his last jobs from ever since Fiorentina. So he was at Italy, of course, we know from 2010 to 2014. He had a 41 percentage uh, win rate. Went to Galatasaray for not even half a year. 16 games, 37% win percentage. Then went to Valencia, 2016 again, lasted two, three months. Back to back, lasted only two, three months. 30% win percentage. Then he went to uh, Al Nasser, which is in uh, the United Arab Emirates. Played 19 games. Again, didn't last more than a year. 42% win percentage. Then he ended up in Genoa and went back to Serie A 2018 of December to the 2019th of June. Only won four games out of 24. 
16% win percentage. Fiorentina, is this the best he could have done? What do you think about him? No, I don't think it was the best he could have done. I was surprised by it. Like, look, who, look who's out there. Yeah, you got Saudi, who... I think Saudi would have been a better choice. The, and there was rumors he was uh, yeah, he, willing to break his contract or was broken with you. Yeah. Same thing. Could have They could have made a push for Spalletti. They could have talked to him to see if they could let him go or pay him out. Like a, a, like a Firenze man himself. Max Allegri as well. Did they even reach out to Max Allegri and say... What do you think, right? But uh, yeah, I was really. I think Cesare Prandelli will get them. He'll sort. He'll set up this team better than Beppe Iacchini, but I just don't know what to expect because it's been a long time since he's been Cesare Prandelli's been consistent. Yeah, like we said, the only team, the only club he was really, relatively known for, aside from that run with Italy, is Fiorentina. Yeah, Fiorentina, when he was there from 05 to 2010, he was there five years, 240 games, 117 wins, 56 draws, yeah, 67 took losses. Twice. Took him to Champions League twice. Uh, UEFA Cup semifinals. Never won more than 50% of his games yeah. in his career ever. Uh, he's put up some of his worst numbers in the, in the last couple of years, as we just read. I don't know. I think he's a coach that's passed it. I think so. Think, uh, the game's changed so much since, but we don't know what he's been doing yeah, in his off time. Doing, so you got to give him a chance, but yeah. personally, it's if I'm, I'm a fit in, yeah, if I'm a Fiorentina fan, I'm like, this is a lateral move. I don't think it's an improvement. Yeah, and he got he's he's gonna be here. He's gonna apparently according to Camiso, he's got the rest of this year and next year. Like at the end of the day, Ikini, even though he wasn't winning games. Fiorentina, they should obviously be higher, but they're sitting mid-table. Yeah. A couple wins, and they could be up there. That's how tight the league is this year. Yeah, that's, you know what? That's exciting to see, too. Just the Akini, the style, you can just see. He's not using the players to what, mm-hmm. what their potential should be. Uh, so Prandelli, we'll see. It, it would be very easy to go on a couple of losses, and you're now in a relegation battle. I, and I'm curious. I'm just curious to see. How Prandelli is going to react? Yeah. I really don't think it changes. I think no. Fiorentina just stays mid table yeah. with the signing. If they get even worse, do you? Then you have to chop Prandelli, and then you'll have three fired coaches still on the payroll for Fiorentina with bringing the fourth one in, possibly. So, I don't know. I just we'll see. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll see what happens. We will. We'll see what happens. So let's move on to the next game. Lazio hosting Juventus. Lazio just. Just getting that tie, and what a what a way to score too. Um, but let, let's talk about this game its entirety. Like, where where did you think of this game? I thought Juve played actually pretty decent. They weren't too bad. I liked Ronaldo's goal. I know a lot of people have talked about this move he does. Where he goes offside. First. Yeah, and I, and I've noticed this his it's entire clever. career. It is very smart. He hangs off in an eye, offside position. Cuadrado, I believe it was, uh, opened up space on the wing, timed his run, received a pass, I think, from Bentancur Kulusevsky, one of them, crosses it right in the middle. Ronaldo, of course, is a few yards ahead of everyone else, has the advantage, just uh, hits it in with the bottom of his foot, and it's one nothing, just like that. His very very smart movement off the ball. Uh, he finds loopholes in the rules and exploits them. That's been a loophole that's been around forever, though. Like I said, Inzaghi... He was known for doing that as well. All the greats do this. Uh, and I'm surprised you don't see it more in the game, honestly. 
But yep. besides that, Juve I didn't think was uh, too bad. I thought they were decent. Yeah. Rabiot was good. Bonucci did good. Uh, they just fell asleep at the end. Very un Juve like. This is the problem with this uh, team. They're not playing good for a full 90 minutes. Korea danced through three guys at the end and set up Caicedo again. Three games in a row, this guy scored goals yeah. in the last minute. What did you think? I know you said you spotted something from yeah, Simone Inzaghi so, at the uh, end. You could see at the very end, just before, um, just before Correa got the ball from Marusic off the throw-in, that Marusic looked like he was going to throw to the defense and start from the back, but Simone Inzaghi actually turned him because he was right there and said, go forward, go forward. He did, and the goal happened. Like It was actually really cool to see. Check that out on the highlights if, uh, if you miss this game. And you'll see that a little bit to bit. Good coaching by Simone Anzaghi there. Have to give credit to uh, to Lazio here. Um, Lazio's been in survival mode for a couple of weeks now, and they survived yet again. I mean, uh, yeah, again without Chiro. Yeah, again without Chiro. And the other thing I have to I have to say is I have to give credit to Pepe Rena. He has stepped in since Trakosha has gone out, and he's been phenomenal. He he played really well this game against Juventus. Um, he made some big saves. There was one big save he made off a Ronaldo free kick. What what can I say? I mean, a lot of people think he's over the hill. The guy can still, the guy still has a lot to offer, um, and uh, a lot of credit there. I tried to be another solid performance as always, but that Correa, that individual performance by Correa, where he undressed Bentancur with that nutmeg. Yeah, and then that was just that was just brilliance. That was individual brilliance right there. Correa is the reason that Lazio ties this game. Yeah, he was uh, he was outstanding this game. He no one could touch him on the defensive end. Yeah. No one could touch him. Absolutely. I mean, uh, they, and Lazio did have their chances. Uh, Muriki had a he if he put his head on it, he had a beautiful cross. It, it could have been one one a lot earlier. Yeah, it, it's amazing seeing this Lazio to the bare bones being yeah, able to so, go punch for punch with yeah. Juve in this game. Yeah. Juve was pretty healthy. Uh it, it's it's phenomenal to see this right now. They're showing a lot of heart. Yeah. It's it's good, really good for Lazio. Um, I'm gonna bring it back to Juve. We had DiBala and Bernadeschi come off the bench again. Another poor performance from DiBala. Yeah. Again, rumblings in the contract talks. They're not gonna. They don't want to renew him. And also other rumblings of contra- contract talks in regards to Ronaldo. Leonardo came out today. The PSG director said he has no problem bringing Ronaldo to uh, PSG. What do you think about Ronaldo? Do you think he will I think stay? This, I think this is it for Ronaldo. Where do you, and where do you think he goes after? Uh, he's still got a lot to give. He said he said the World Cup in 2022 will be his last with Portugal. So he still, he still want, needs to play top quality football for another couple of years uh, to stay in the best form that he is in. So I do think that PSG is next. Um, I think regardless of what Juventus does this year, he's gone. And I think Juventus, it, it's not the end of the world for Juventus. I think they're actually quite happy to get that payroll, that pay yeah, I agree. off the books. Um, they can bring in some great quality players. Um, it's going to be a big adjustment for them because they're going to go from a one-dimensional feed-everything-through-Ronaldo team to, to an actual team game. Um, but uh, I think I think PSG is the next likely destination. I don't see him going back to um, the Premier League. I don't see him going back to La Liga. I don't see him going to the Bundesliga. I just see him going to PSG. 
Um, and just think about this: if he wins, the, if he if Juventus surprises him with the Champions League this year, and then he wins the Champions League, he t- he goes to PSG and he takes PSG the promise that and wins them a Champions League. He will have won the Champions League with four different clubs. Does that? That's crazy. That, yeah, that sets a record. That sets a record. Yeah, Clarence okay. Sadorf currently holds it. Yeah, so that sets a record, and he's won a European Championship. So if you have a debate of Ronaldo versus Messi, I mean Ronaldo going winning everywhere he's gone. Big if though. Yeah, it's a big if. I think if he if he does if he mission if it's mission accomplished for Juventus this year, and then he goes to PSG and it and he can take him to the promised land, I think that puts him ahead of Messi in the debate of who's the better player. Yeah, I know I'll make a lot of enemies with that. I love Leo Messi. I think he's a he's brilliant, but. Uh, Ronaldo's won everywhere he's gone so far. He went to Manchester United. He's won at Manchester United. I think the one thing that you can say he he didn't re- technically win anything was Sporting Lisbon, but he was there for a very brief. He was through the youth academy, then Sir Alex Ferguson spotted him in that friendly, and then he was off. So technically, he didn't really do much at Sporting Lisbon. Um, the only other thing I see Ronaldo doing if he doesn't go to PSG is he goes back to Portugal and he ends his career there. I mean, the Portuguese league is, is still high-quality soccer. Porto, Benfica, the likes of Braga. Sporting Rio, Lisbon Sporting would be Lisbon, that team. Rio Ave. So they, they, they got some they got some pretty pretty solid teams there, but I think I honestly think this is the end of Ronaldo at Juventus. This was the last year. I'm surprised he played out the full contract, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I guess let's sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's the last year for Ronaldo. I think... Uh, Juve just wants to get rid of that wage bill because I feel like he does tie up a lot of wages and it's preventing them from signing maybe some players they would like to, exactly. especially considering this year. Uh, and you can see it. It is, since Ronaldo has come, Juve has not been able to keep up with their normal trophy hall yeah. of Coppa Italia, the double that they always do every year. And uh, I don't think they've been able to make the type of runs they used to do before Ronaldo come in, came in Champions League as well. So, yeah, maybe it's time for a change yeah. with uh, with Juve. Absolutely. Anyway. Let's move on <laughs> to Giuliano's favorite game, the Battle of the Nerazzurri. Yeah, I'm sick about I'm sick of talking about these guys. Atalanta. Inter. You started off. Inter. And coming out with a 1-1 draw. Disgusting. Disgusting. Disappointing for Inter. Um, I think disappointing for both teams, to be honest with you. I mean... Atalanta did not play well, and Inter didn't play well. So th- that's one thing I'll say. Gasparini did come out and said, we're going to change the philosophy of the he team. He did. So they didn't press like they normally press. No. They sat back, yeah. midfield block. They uh, So they didn't park the bus, as the saying goes. They, they kept it very narrow from front to back, yeah. but clogged the middle, yeah. which... Uh, made it difficult for the inter midfield which is inter's weakness surprisingly yeah, I mean, which it shouldn't be i mean inter i mean what, what can i say about them i mean they're what well, those last 30 minutes in that game atalanta took it to them they just it's it felt like inter just shut yeah. off defense looked it was, it was like the it was a it was a repeat of yeah. what's been happening week in week out defense. i think they've won one game in the last eight yeah. one defense game in the last eight looked Absolutely lost. I mean, the goal that I mean, the goal that Moranchuk scored to tie the game. There's four 
the fact there's four inter players around him and, and it goes through bastoni's legs yeah and they let him get it off but but listen bastoni's at fault for that goal because bastoni as a defender should have stepped up and he didn't block, block. that shot yeah yeah galliardini yeah. too is ball watching yeah, they're all ball watching and i know i'm extremely critical of this guy but I honestly believe that Handanovich needed to do better on that. He was way too late to that ball. Yes, it's in the bottom corner, but from the distance of where it was and at the pace it was going, had he was had he been a little bit quicker on his feet, he would have got there, and he didn't. I agree with that. Handanovich should have saved that ball. Yeah. He Handanovich is done. If yeah. Conte doesn't see this, is then you'll never see. This is the time to bench him. Handanovic has dropped quite a few points. He's not winning us any points, that's for sure. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's dropping you guys points. And then on the other end, if you look at this guy who just stepped in as a starter this year in Sportiello, making double, made a double save. He played pretty solid in this game. I mean, he, he kept Inter at bay in the chances that they did have. Um, the one thing I will say, the Inter, yeah, you're right, the Inter midfield. I mean, the, other than Barella, there's no creativity. I mean, Vidal... Had had a he basically had a counterattack and when watching this game, I know it sounds crazy, but I just knew he wasn't going to score. He doesn't have that finish. He's not that kind of player. He's a ball winning box to box midfield. He's not a guy that can finish. So when it's Vidal, so when you have guys like Brozovic and guys like Vidal, Barella and Barella, like Barella is a creative player. He's probably the most creative of the three, which he shouldn't be. But he's a box-to-box the midfielder. They're all the same. They are. They're all the same. If Erickson was on that ball, game over. But that—that's what Conte likes. So a lot of a lot of tactics. So this is what I'll give Conte. If you look at teams like Liverpool, if you look at teams like Man U, you look at um, Man City's maybe the exception. Bayern Munich's a bit of an exception, but Juve's kind of like this too. A lot of teams these days, and Atalanta's like this. A lot of teams these days, they bypass their midfield. Their midfield are just ball winners. The ball players are now the defenders or your wing backs, and you give the ball right from the back to the front, and your front creates something. And then if you lose the ball, your midfield is there to win off the press. That's how a lot of teams play. That is what Conte is trying to do with this team. But to me, it's not the right approach. If you look at those teams still, like Atalanta, like Liverpool, who play that style, uh, and the other teams I mentioned that play that style, they still have a playmaker in their team. It's not a typical number 10 playmaker that you think of. It might be Trent Alexander-Arnold for Liverpool as the right back, or Robertson as their left back. For Atalanta, it is Papu Gomez. He's still their playmaker if they'll try and get the ball to him. Inter, who is the playmaker here? Nobody. 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 Maybe Ashley Young. He did create this goal. He does does create quite a bit. But he shouldn't be our number one playmaker. Once again, our best playmaker is being left on the bench. Is being left on the bench. And he had the opportunity to put him in this game. Instead, he takes off Alexis Sanchez and Lautaro Martinez, and he brings on Perisic and an injured Romelu Lukaku when we're up one nothing. What are you doing? What are you doing, my man? What are you doing? They were saying before, just right before Martinez scored, if you were watching the game, the commentators were saying that Conte's drive was to get rid of Pazza Inter, where they always drop the points against these kind of teams. And then How Martinez can he scored? He, he's not. 
He but, hasn't gotten rid of it. But when Con- when Conte is Pazza himself, how are you supposed to get rid of it? I know. I, know. I just, I, I personally, I don't think this guy was worth $11 million. Um, when you look at it, like going back, like thinking about thinking about make, me making that statement, like thinking of going back, like I, I we followed Conte for a while. I followed Conte when he was when he brought Body to City A. So he won City B with Body, and then he left before before even playing a City A game. Then he went to Atalanta. He did nothing there. Then he went to Juve. Juve was Juve, right? Then what else has he done? He he took Italy to the quarterfinals in the Euro. Okay, he went to Chelsea. He won. Won the Premier League. Won the Premier League in his first year, and then finished fourteenth the second year. Got, got fired. Out. This is the thing with Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte is another one of those coaches that has only got one way to play, and he doesn't know how to play anyway. He doesn't know how to adjust. He doesn't know how to shift his team. He doesn't know how to rotate his team. He doesn't know when to bring on the right players. And and sorry. Fact and point again. Eighty third minute. When the goal uh, by Mirinchuk was put in, yeah. he takes off Ashley and he brings on Danilo D'Ambrosio and brings on Akimi for Darmian. Yeah, and Danilo D'Ambrosio almost gave away a penalty. With he that he high brings play. on two wing backs. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It really doesn't. We, we always make the statement that a, a manager can or a coach, whatever you want to call him, can only can really all they can really do is set you up the best way they can. At the end of the day, it's up to the players. I'll go a little step further. The job of the manager as well is to see during the game what's working and what's not working and when to bring in your the right players at the right time. And Antonio Conte does not have that ability. He's clearly showed that. This Inter team has been figured out, and I think they're going to struggle the rest of the way. If they stay with Antonio Conte, because he's got such a big payroll, I see them sticking with him. I... Uh, at one time, I thought, well, if you get rid of Antonio Conte, this is Antonio Conte's team. And you have all Antonio Conte players, really, you, you, can only get, you can only get by with Antonio Conte. But now that I think about it more and more, there's some really good pieces in this Italian, or the, sorry, this Inter team, in Barella, in Eriksson sitting on the bench. You have some great defenders. You do have some great defenders. You have some great pieces here. Alexis Sanchez, Lautaro Martinez, Romelu Lukaku. I think if you do bring in another manager, they'll set them up a different way in a way that would work. Because there is there is a way that this Inter team can work. It's just not in a three five two. I think you need to change to four, a four, a four man defense at the back. You probably have to play, and you got plenty of talent on the wings. You got you can that can really block out that midfield. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I think you need to. I think you need to. Either Conte's got to change it up, or he's got to get out of here. Yeah, he he didn't improve anything. I don't know what he did between the Real Madrid game and this game. What they did in training, it looks like they did nothing. It looks like they did nothing. Antonio Conte is that coach. It's my way or the highway because my way works. Yes, your way is. Remember, you won with Juventus in a in a a time when there was no other team in Serie A that could really compete with Juve. Okay, and you went in. You were a one hit wonder with Chelsea because nobody knew who you were. And then you got figured out and finished 14 points. So I'm starting to think that Antonio Conte is not the coach that people think he is. I think there's a lot. I think there is much better coaches in Serie A that don't even get paid a quarter of what Antonio Conte gets paid. I'm talking about Di Zerbi. I'm talking about Gattuso. I'm talking about Paulo Fonseca. I'm talking about Stefano Pioli. Those guys. Did I miss somebody? I think I missed somebody. 
Jurich. Jurich. Ivan Jurich. These guys know how to adapt. These guys know when to bring on the right players at the right time. These guys know when to change their formation. These guys know how to play, set their team up with what they have. Antonio Conte does not deserve this payroll that he's getting. He's just sitting pretty on his mountain of money. And I, I honestly think it's time to cut the tie. And to top it off, uh, post-game again, he does this all the time. I will never understand it. He always blames the players. He never blames himself. He always blames the players. It's uh, it's unheard of. That that must piss off the players. They he must be losing the changing room. Yeah. I'm convinced he must be losing the changing room with some of the players. I think so. To come out and say that week in week out when results aren't going their way, when we lose it's your fault. When we win, I'm a tactical genius. That's not gonna fly too long. No, it's not gonna fly too long at all. And uh, I think uh, I think. Inter, in upper management intern needs to needs to realize that a change is most likely needed and uh, go from there. The only thing that's benefiting Inter right now is they're not technically losing. A draw feels like a loss for them. They're not technically losing, and this week everybody else dropped points. Yeah, that's they're, the only thing that's in their favor right now. How they're only five points out of first, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So that that's the one thing. The league is really, really, really tight. Yeah. But it's just going to take one team to go on a run, and it can change this table completely. But like you said, that is the one thing. And this is what Antonio Conte, this is the last thing he's holding on to, Antonio Conte. His teams are always in it to the last second, yeah. just because they do put in effort and they yeah. they work really hard. He, the center team, like we said, is only five points out of first still, sitting at seventh. If he is able to turn it around, um, he'll make everyone uh, look you bad. Got, you got two weeks to figure this out, Conte, with the international break. Figure it out. That's a good point. Something. I'm telling you, I'm not. Yes, I'm not a professional coach, but if you come out in match day eight and you change something, you're gonna throw everybody off, and you're gonna start stealing games, and you're gonna get on a run because you're gonna build some momentum. But it doesn't take a professional coach to see Handanovic. Sorry, you're done. Yeah, you got you got a bench hand out of it. The midfield combination is not working. It's not. It's not working. Change it up. Yeah. It doesn't take a professional coach to see that. Yeah. And that it doesn't take a professional coach to see the defense too. He's changed his defense almost every game. Every game. This defense is actually pretty decent. Yeah. Skriniar, Devray, Bastoni, you stick with them. And look, and look at what happened. Yeah. They're actually in it yeah. until they conceded again. Yeah. Well, 1-1 draw this point. Let's move on to the next game. At the Stadio Comunale Luigi Ferraris. Let's move on to a team that actually picked up some good points this week. This past week in La Roma. Believe it or not, everybody, Roma is sitting in fourth place right now in the table. Would you believe that? And we're appealing that default loss, which should come out today, I believe. Um, so That would put you in second. One point behind your favorite team. That's right. That's right. So... For all of you that wrote Roma off, I I even wrote I put Roma in seven. This is just enjoy the moment, enjoy it. Don't get arrogant. Enjoy the moment. They're punching above expectations and they're playing really well. And I think that's why there's no pressure on them. There was no pressure on them to do anything this season. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. So let's get into this game. We expected a Roma win. 
Rumelin happened. This Genoa team's a mess. Giuliano's probably right. This Genoa team looks like they're going to go down because they look like a disaster. Um, <laughs> Peren almost. Yeah, Peren though. You were guy. you sweating a little bit? Yeah, with Peren. Guy. Busy guy made some outstanding saves, but uh, what can I say about Henrik Mkhitaryan? Patrick hero, man of the match, perfect game for him. But do you know why? Do you know why? Everybody, everybody thought, oh, Zeko, we wish you a speedy recovery. We know he has COVID-19. Everybody thought it was in the world because Bora Mayoral's coming on. And who's going to score? Bora Mayoral got a couple of goals in uh, midweek in the, Europe, in the Europa League. So he's, he's finding his feet. But who's the guy that was playing next to Mkhitaryan there in the attacking mid? None other than my friend Pedro. This guy is a leader. This guy is the player and the piece, the voice in the locker room that this team needed so bad. Worth every penny. Every penny. I will say that every week. Every penny. I love this guy. My question. I don't I can't remember if we had this debate on the podcast or we had it over yeah, so we had it with, with one of our friends having a discussion about Zaniolo when he comes back. Is he an automatic shoe in? You were you were kind of saying he was. I'm like I'm like who do you drop? Who do you drop now? You don't drop nobody. It's tough now. I think you ease Zanella back in when the time comes, and I understand he's the future, and you got to build around him and around a beautiful Roman player in Lorenzo Pellegrini, who is also a standout performer here. Um, But with this team firing, if it's working, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Leave it alone. So Pedro Mkhitaryan. Fantastic guys. Spinozola go off, went off injured. You know, wish you a uh, wish you a speedy recovery. He's out for three weeks. Uh, Jordan Vertu again, solid performance. Was in on one of those Mkhitaryan goals. Fiorentina missing him. Yeah, big time, big time. But he's been at Roma now for a couple of years, right? So, Two years, season. so. Yeah. So uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini. What can I say? The guy's a stud. Uh, Rick Karsdorp, not bad. Can I say one thing though? Yeah. This defense, Roger Banyas, Smalling, and Mancini, wow. It's working. How much they've impressed. Yeah, they've done really well, and it's all thing. Honestly, Chris Smalling offers that veteran presence to this very young core, and the best part about it is you got Mancini, Smalling, and Banyas, and you got a stud in Marash Kambula who could come off the bench. He's eventually going to be the future, right? Whoa, it, it just works. And another a good performance, second game in a row starting, Paul Lopez. Yeah, four saves, big claim in the air off a cross yeah. corner. And, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm like, I, I, as much as Antonio Mirante is the number one, Paulo Lopez with the money that we paid for him, he's got to play. He's got to keep some value. And at the end of the day, the way they, the way he rotates, the way he starts a goalie, Paulo Lopez here, Mirante here, and the way he sets up his team, Roman, please, 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 please get your sporting director in and get Paulo Fonseca an extension. It, last year was a year of transition. Well, this year is a year of transition as well, but last year was a year where... The club was in turmoil last yeah, year. they were in turmoil. We got new ownership. Dan Friedkin, give this guy an extension. He deserves it. With no sporting director, not knowing his future, look what he's doing with his Roma team. All the credit in the world to Paolo Fonseca right now. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back to Mickey. His finishing was that of a striker. One-touch finishing. Ooh. Volleys fire this guy was fire. unbelievable fire. uh genoa bet oh. in keep yeah. playing like this you're gonna go to a big team and 
I think so. I think that's all Pettin's holding out for right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he made that stupid move to Juve, being yeah. a backup, which he should never have done. No. Uh, and keep playing like this, he will. He's going to go somewhere big, and there's a couple teams looking for a goalie. We'll say that much. No. And, uh, and Gianluca Scamacca, again, this guy's been playing yeah. great for a big guy. Yeah. It's nice to see a big guy uh, performing up top. Hundred and ninety six centimeters tall, twenty one years old. Yeah. A lot of good lot feet. Of Keep an eye on this kid, John Lucas Kamaki. He came kinda out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Two goals and an assist and three uh starts, one sub appearance. Man of the match, arguably twice he's won. Yeah. Great, great player. Great Keep player. an eye. Two outstanding players on this uh, Genoa team. Absolutely. If there's any That's bright light to look out here. Well, I don't think there really is a bright light to the Genoa team, but Right now, Genoa's sitting 18th, 18th, 18th five points, tied on uh, five with Torino. Yeah. Not looking good for them. Not looking good at all. Don't and like you said, that pits Roma fourth. Four wins, two draws, one loss, 14 right. points. Haven't lost in six games in City. We're doing well. Just Roma fans, don't get arrogant. And believe me, I'll be talking about fan arrogance in a couple of games. Uh, <laughs> just enjoy the ride right now. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy it. Should we get into the next game? Let's get into Crotone Torino. Torino Crotone. A dud of a game. Another boring one. Another boring one. Crotone came out. They played like the relegation candidate team. Torino, in my opinion, should have won this game, but Torino came out flat-footed. They did, they did not look good. I was surprised that Crotone was a team that came out to win this game. Yeah. That, that completely surprised me. me. That's what shocked me. Crotone seemed like did everything in this game. Uh, Giampaolo, his his team didn't even get a shot on target. Yeah. This is a relegation fight. This is a huge yeah. six-pointer game. Big dog fight. And you have the second-leading goal scorer in Serie A, and you don't even yeah. do nothing. You had yeah. Verdi, Lukic, Belotti. Like, uh, what is going on with this team? Yeah. What is going on? Sirigu, if it wasn't for Sirigu, they would have lost this oh, game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just... Just when we Giampaolo thought... got it all wrong. He got it, he got it right like, in the midweek against Genoa. Just when we thought he was getting it right, Genoa exactly, and then he gets a draw against. Yeah. Sorry, he gets the win, and then you think, all right. It should be Crotone. They are they are the worst team in the league. So, but I mean, uh, Crotone, hang on. Credit to Crotone for getting another point. Luca Marone, stud in the defense there, played really well. Played really well. Magallan again too. Yeah. Lisandro Magallan, good, great, uh, great performance. Yeah. Strappa gets to live to see another day. I think Giampaolo does too, but that that midweek game really helped him. But yeah, I don't know how much how much more patience uh, Umberto Cairo is gonna have because this is this is abysmal for Torino. This is abysmal with the players they have. This is abysmal. Yeah, this this was a complete shock. Like we gotta give uh, Crotone credit because yeah. in the end they did get the point. Yeah. It's a bigger point for them than it is Torino in a way, but then again they weren't too perform uh, too sorry, they didn't look too good either. No. Uh, Morone was the one pulling the strings back there. Yeah. Uh, former center defensive mid from Juve now converted to a center back. Yeah. Uh, it's just no game. No team really wanted to take a risk here. Crotone did take more of a risk slightly. Yeah. But That's both both teams were. Uh, very poor. I don't know. Very s- strange to see a relegation yeah. 
game being played out like this. Yeah, you didn't miss much there. So 0-0 draw, very disappointing. Let's move on to the next game. At uh, Stadio Renato Dallara, Bologna hosting Napoli. Napoli pulling out a win. I, listen, they're, they're, this to me felt like... Uh, this was, this felt to me like a dud of a game as well. I think Napoli won ugly. They won ugly against Rijeka in the Europa League, where Gattuso reamed them out at halftime. Yes. And they won. And then yes, they got a goal called back here in this game, but they they still grinded out a win. Um, Bologna, hey Bologna, at the same time, you know, Sinisa Mihailovic. Bologna took it to Napoli at the same time. Ospina putting playing in some outstanding saves. Outstanding performance by Ospina in what was more or less a dud of a game. Good to see Aussie men get on the score sheet, get his goal. Um, didn't see much firing between the pairings of uh, of Martins and Insigne in the Italian man. Chucky Lozano, of course, played uh, played a really good game. Set up Aussie men on that goal. Um, I mean, what can I say? I, mean, I felt Napoli won ugly, but if you're going to win a Scudetto... You win them ugly, and you win them beautifully, right? So. See, I don't know. I thought Napoli played pretty good, if you ask me. Uh, okay. I thought they played good. Chucky Lozano, Ozyman paired up nice for that goal. Ozyman scoring his second goal in Serie A. Yeah. You had Fabian Ruiz, again, pulling the strings in that midfield like he always does. Played a good game. Bakioko again, uh, I think, proving his doubters wrong. Yeah. Ospina, surprising, uh, was very busy this game. Yeah. But for such a short goalie, he commands his box like yeah. no other goalie. I think he has the most claims uh, compared to any other goalie in the league. A claim is just a a ball in the air. The goalie grabs with his hands. Yeah. So, for instance, a cross or a corner. He has the most. So, yeah. you know, he's he's uh, that was a stat that kind of shocked me. He had three or four in this game. Yeah. And you would expect big goalies like the Courtois of this world these six foot five six foot six giants ospina yeah. i think just breaks six foot as a goalie yeah he's not that big and he he commands his box so great yeah. performance by him in this game he was a big uh key in this victory lorenzo again the lorenzo yeah, what can you say? he's giovanni he's looking good uh just, I, I still think this team's on a pace for a scudetto they're like we said from the beginning they got no weaknesses no. They're gonna be very hard to beat. Yeah. They're not a they're not a good matchup for any team. And if I'm not mistaken, they there's a big game after international breaks when they come back. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. sitting third, they do have an appeal too for that Juve game as well. So we'll see. I think the verdict is today as well. We'll see what happens with that. Um, who I'm just curious who they plan. I thought it, there we go. It is a big game when they come back. Yeah. AC Milan Napoli. Oh, so. Yes. I love to see that. That would be an interesting game. I love to see that. On the 22nd of November. Yeah, that could be a Scudetto battle right there. Yeah, definitely. Battle. So, yeah, big, you know, it's It's a big three points. They did what they had to do. Yeah. Chucky Lozano has been great this season. He's been, yeah, he's found his, he found his fit. And if Aussie men now, if he's found his, uh, his goal scoring form after this game, watch out yeah. to all the defenses in Serie A. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you want to move on to the next game? This is the last one, right? Yeah. AC Milan hosting Verona. I think I got I get half a point for this prediction. I got the poll on this. I told him I said a yeah. tie. After a brutal uh, weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We I, we knew Milan. Yeah, we both knew that something was gonna happen in this game. So, um, 
Jurich is a great coach. He is. They got have an amazing. They have probably the two best goalies in Syria right now, Donnarumma and Silvestri. When this game, Donnarumma had a stinking performance. Silvestri again coming up huge for his team. Yeah. Getting the big Man point here. Like he's a stud. He. How he's not in the national team for this round of call? Did he get called? He didn't get called this no, time, it's eh? Baffling. Wow. It's baffling. When he got the call last week. Yeah. Him and Donnarumma have been the most outstanding goalies in the league. And that is baffling that he gets dropped. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Barak continues with the goal scoring. That's his third goal in two weeks. Ibra, three penalty misses in yeah, one week. Skied it. Skied it. He said he's done penalty duties. Yeah, he's going to give it to Kessie now. Uh-huh. To Frank. Kessie's the one that always flops and earns them. So <laughs> might as well shoot them too. Um, but yeah, go. I know you got a lot to say about this game. About this he has game. beef with the Milan fans. I, I have a lot of beef with Milan fans right now. Listen. Okay, you guys are getting very, to the Milan fans that are getting very arrogant right now, it is so early in the season, okay? It is so early in the season right now to be as arrogant as you guys are. And I'm sorry if you don't like that, but the truth the truth does hurt. Because all I saw on social media after this game was how incredibly lucky Verona was to, to steal a tie in this game. Which is understandable from the from someone watching the highlight videos. Yes. If you watch the game, Verona plays... Everybody knows. Verona is Catenaccio at its finest. Ivan Juric sets up in a Catenaccio way. Shut down defense. The defense didn't play that great, but they played shut down defense. Okay? Marco Silvestri, yes, was a stud. Kept Milan at bay. You gotta remember, you're up against arguably the best defensive team in the league right now. And yeah. nobody, everybody thought it was a joke. Everybody thought it was a joke. And that Milan was unlucky, that it was a, it was a joke. You know, we should be so much so many points further. We're the, we're clearly the best team. Let me tell you guys something. Okay? You guys are top of the table. Let's look at your record, okay? Let's look at your record in City A right now. I'm going to bring you back, guys back down to reality here. <laughs> you, your first game was against Bologna. Your second game was against Crotone. Your third game was against Spezia. Then, you were lucky to beat Inter Milan. Sorry, you were. Inter didn't capitalize on their chances and they're a mess. So, you scraped out that win against Inter. Okay. Then you tie Roma 3-3. to Okay, and for those of you that think that that was unjust, the penalties offset the, each other. So, you know, go, uh, go and uh, you know. <laughs> um, I think he wanted to say something else. <laughs> anyway, go. Yeah, the next game you guys won against Udinese, and then you guys tie Verona. So against Verona, Roma, you, you that's where you dropped your points, and then in three you won. But all the other teams were teams that you were expected to beat. They were teams that you were expected to beat. You guys are not a juggernaut. You haven't shown that yet. Lil put you guys in place. Lil put you guys in place. You were on a magical run. I congratulate you for that. I really do. You guys were on a magical run. But as I told my fellow Roma fans, enjoy the moment. Don't get arrogant. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy where you are. It's a marathon. It is not a sprint. For all of you that are talking garbage right now, when Milan falls back 
and regresses and falls down the table, what are you going to say then? What are you going to say then? It gives every other fan a right to rub it in your face and you guys are just going to cry. And you're going to cry and you're going to cry and you're going to cry. So get your heads out of your culos, okay? Please. And just enjoy the moment and keep your mouth shut. Enjoy, just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Don't come out saying how unlucky it was because you guys are getting very arrogant very fast. You guys haven't won anything in a very long time. <laughs> it's true, though. You haven't won anything in a very long time. So when you win something, then you can talk. Okay? The past is the past. We're in the present now. Now you got a big test in two weeks against Napoli. You got a big test. And if you guys fall to Napoli, where is that going to put you guys? Down the table. So you guys better hope you step it up. You guys better hope that Kessie can win you another penalty and flop on the ground like a flop artist. Okay? I, I hate Kessie. I do. I'm sorry. I hate him. I hate Kessie. He's, he's, he drives me crazy. The guy spends more time on the ground than on his feet in 90 minutes. Okay? Speaking of that, the city had dished out two fines. Yeah, uh, it's about time. Vulic yeah. for diving. Oh, it should have been Barella too, Cassie too, and Leal. Yeah, that's another one. Leal. Leal, what are you doing? Zlatan is trying to Zlatan is trying to, to tie up the game. And what does Leal do? Leal just falls to the ground. Look at the highlights. You'll see it. Look at the highlights. I can't stand that. I can't reward players that do that. Players that fall to the ground like that are not great in my books. They're not. It's disgusting. And the tie was just. Because I don't think the penalty to Kessie was deserved. So Zlatan offset it. So good to Zlatan. He's still, he's still tied to the game. So With a big header. He had 14 shots this yeah. game. Zlatan, yeah. 14 shots, okay. which is crazy. Now, Three on target, seven off target. How many goals does Zlatan have this year? He is the Capo Caninieri okay. leader right Capo now. okay? With... Eight goals. What you, so you guys are also great. Hey, I think Taylor Hernandez is phenomenal. I think John Luigi Ruma is phenomenal too. What those last ten? Where does that put you guys? So let's put it this way: that time has scored eight goals. AC has scored sixteen goals total. So he scored fifteen percent of fifty. So you guys are relying. On Zlatan, I know Zlatan is amazing. I, I, I get it. It's like Ronaldo, Juve, same thing. Yeah. Juve scored 12 goals, Ronaldo has six of them. And well, he's missed. And how many games has he missed? Yeah. Well, there you go. Two teams that are heavily reliant on uh, their striker. Don't put the carriage bef- before the horse, people. Please. Please. That's all I got to say about Milan fans. We're gonna get a lo- I'm going to get a lot of heat for that. But it's okay. Same thing with Torino, actually. Six goals for Balotti. 12 goals total. He scored 50% of their goals. So, so there you go. these are teams where if they lose these players, uh, all, can they back it up Yeah, with good team play? That's all I got to say about that. So I think the tie was just. I think Marco Silvestri was a stud. He's He deserves a, an appearance most, in the national he, team. He's the most informed Italian goalkeeper right now. He is. More informed than Gianluigi Donnarumma. He well, is. I said it. Uh, he, he's been Donnarumma is a close second Donnarumma had a poor game against Lille and he had a, another poor game in this yeah. game uh, that's the difference Silvestri hasn't had a bad game all season so I think that sums up that sums up uh, match day 7 so we'll see now we're going into the international break let's break down this uh, let's break down this Italian national team 
41 players called. Players Crazy up. amount of players. Some players can't go because of COVID and uh, oh, just just in uh, Roma's appeal against against Verona has been rejected, so we stay where we are. Baldassoni, get him on there. Yeah, thanks, Baldassoni. Um, anyways, so we'll, I'm just gonna quickly mention the players that were called up had to pull out either due to COVID or an injury. That was uh, Domenico Crescito from Genoa, Angelo Agbona from West Ham. Leonardo Spinazzola from West Ham United had a pull out as well. Lorenzo Pellegrini from Roma and Francesco Caputo, who we've been dying for to get a start, had to pull out of the uh, international team. Still a lot of players. It's crazy that he called this many players up, but there's some crazy regulations in Italy with COVID. Crazy regulations going on, but at the same time with uh, with um, with uh, Knowing that they got a friendly against Estonia, this is where they're going to play. This is where they're going to give those guys they don't know much about a shot to see what they can do, right? Before the Poland game, before the Bosnian Herzegovina game. Uh, they play uh, tomorrow against Estonia. Um, I, you, I would expect to see some new faces. I'm very disappointed to see that Marco Silvestri is not there. Um, the four goalkeepers, though, I mean, what can you say? Alessio Cragno, Gianluigi Donnarumma, Alex Meret, and Salvatore Sirigu. But he, sh- he should be there ahead of Cragno and yeah. Sirigu and Meret right now. Yeah, he, he should, should be, be ahead of all those three. But as we said in previous podcasts, Italy and soccer is like Canada and hockey. We have such such depth in goalkeepers. It's crazy. We could start our goalkeeper, like our 10th string goalkeeper and be okay. Yeah. Who would be like Sportiello or something like that, right? Like... It's crazy. It's crazy. But then let's get into let's get into the defenders. I mean, Acerbi's no surprise. Biragi's no surprise. Bonucci's no surprise. Calabria getting a getting a call up. Congratulations from getting a call up. Crisito pulled out. Right. D'Ambrosio's in. Di Lorenzo. Happy to see him. Emerson. I still don't understand Emerson getting time here. I don't understand, but whatever. Uh, Florenzi very well deserved. Uh, doing really well at PSG. Gianluca Mancini doing really well at Roma. Um, surprising me, even. He's actually been fairly disciplined this season, too, which is a <laughs> learning. Uh, Luca Pellegrini, uh, little uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini's little brother from Genoa getting a call. Uh, Romagnoli's coming in, though, right? Romagnoli, no. no he's or, sorry, Alessio Romagnoli a season. Yeah, Romagnoli's coming in. Well deserved. Good center back. See, I'm not anti Milan. <laughs> so, no, I mean, no surprises there. I think um, Bastoni. Bastoni got called this time, Bastoni actually. Got called this time. Mm-hmm. But I think since since Crucito's gone home, they called up Ferrari too from Sassuolo. Gianmarco Ferrari. Yeah, very well deserved. This guy deserves a shot. I think he should play in the Estonia game. Yeah, we have Palmetti there as well. Uh, again, I don't know why he's there. Uh, you have so much, be- you know, you have so much better talent out there. You don't need this guy. But I think he got. Yeah, I think he got all the defensive calls right. Just yeah. Luca Pellegrini doesn't belong, no. and Palmetti don't belong. No. No. Uh, did he read out the midfielders? No, I'm gonna read out midfields now. Nicola Barella, no surprise. Gaetano Castrovilli, Brian Cristante. I still don't understand. The guy missed a sitter yesterday. Jesus. <laughs> Gagliardini doesn't belong there right now. Uh, Gagliardini? No. No, I agree. Jorginho? He does. He pulls he, the strings he, there, man. He does. Fairly, yes. Locatelli, very well deserved. That's deserves it. Lorenzo Pellegrini, 
deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not there. He uh, pulled out. Oh, that's right. He pulled yeah. out. I'm sorry. Uh, Mateo Piscina from Atalanta. Yeah, he... I guess. Roberto Soriano? Yes. Yes, he's been playing really good. And your friend, Sandro Tonali. Doesn't deserve to be there. No. Let's go you the- missed Matai- Mattia Zaccagni. Oh, sorry. Mattia Zaccagni from... Uh, from he deserves to be there. He's been outstanding. Yes. He's been... Very well deserved. One of the best midfielders in Italy. I agree. 100%. Start him. Give him his first start. Definitely. Andrea Bellotti for forward. Yeah, I guess with the numbers. Yeah, he's we been... It was, was not a surprise. He stepped it up. Since the yeah. poor showing, he stepped it up. You know what? This is where I still blame Mancini. Figure it out with Bellotti. The guy has it in him. Figure it out. If he's scoring goals for Torino, with that team behind him, he can score goals for uh, the Azzurri. Yeah. Uh, Domenico Berardi. Deserves yeah. Bernardeschi. Whew. I don't understand. I don't think a lot of Italy fans understand that one. Even though Caputo is not going to show up, he got called up. Um, Chiesa. Yeah, I guess. El He's been Shrabi all right. Again. El Shrabi, I guess, yeah. Grifo, Vincenzo Grifo. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We don't know much about Vincenzo Grifo. No, he's, he's been, on, uh, he's Friday having an okay Friday. season. He's having an okay season. Uh, Chiro Immobile, no surprise. Yeah. Lorenzo. He's CK, there. Lorenzo, no yeah. Moise Keen deserves it. He's been one of the better performers. This is a really weak, like we said, this is a very, very weak uh, Italian yeah. forward line. Very weak. Orsellini's there too. Kevin Lasagna getting called up. Yeah, what is Kevin Lasagna doing? This guy hasn't scored at all all and season, and he has a score for Italy. And of all people, Pietro Pellegrini from Monaco. What? He's played 75 minutes in the League One. In the French league, hasn't scored a goal, and you're calling him up. Don't understand. Don't understand. You have guys like Scamacca performing. Twenty-one doesn't get a call. Andrea Patagna, everybody. He's got a goal. He's got more goals than Kevin Lasagna does. I don't. Kevin Lasagna isn't even playing for Udinese. I don't get it. I guess he's gonna. I guess we're gonna. He's gonna see what's gonna happen. So this with the with the current crop of players that we've just discussed. They will be playing Estonia in a friendly tomorrow, followed by uh, Poland. They'll be hosting Poland and Italy. Um, and then three days later, they'll be finishing off their last Nations League group game against Bosnia. Italy clearly needing to win both games to, to win the group and possibly move on to the semifinals of the Nations League for uh, League One. Or League A, sorry. Um, will be a tough game against Poland. Poland controlling the group right now. Poland realistically has got a game against... Poland's got their last two games against Italy and Netherlands. Uh, Poland can realistically just sit back and dictate the play and uh, hold out for draws and they're, they're through. They're just... they're, they're, they're I, I'm Talking to some Polish fans that I know, obviously, they're happy to be there. They know they're not going down into League B. Um, so they will be a tricky team to play. There's no pressure on them whatsoever. They've already punched above expectations. Bosnia... Nothing to lose. They know they're going down into League B, so look out for them to to take a few to claim a few scalps, uh, while uh, while uh, while they're up in League A. So uh, watch out for this uh, Bosnia team. I think that game's going to be you're going to have to look out for. It. But we'll break the we'll break the the Italy Bosnia um, we'll we'll preview the Italy Bosnia game in more depth next week, um, and uh, we'll also break down 
what will happen in the Italy polling game that goes for Sunday at 2.45 at Mape Stadium in the region of Emilia Romagna. Yep. Poland, uh, not missing anyone too big. I'm looking at their squadless. Artur Jedziak, I think that's how you say it. Maybe uh, him, veteran, 40 caps for them, three goals. Legia Warsaw, player 33. He'll be missing from the team. Darkowski had to pull out due to COVID. And Adam Bukska as well. Looks like he won't be taking part in the team. What do we think? What do we think about... Uh, it's a long line for me, so I, I need Italy to win this game. <laughs> I need Italy to win this game bad, very bad, um, for bragging rights, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but uh, I expect Italy to win this game. Yeah, they should win this game. I expect them to take control of the group. They're at home. Mancini is expecting a team to win this game. It's just it, it all depends on who they line up up, up front. That's the thing. Are we going to see the same Chino and Bellotti that can't play, like try being squeezed into Mancini's system and and not not firing? Like what what are we going to see? What 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 Italy is going to show up? Yeah, that we don't know. Tactics wise, Mancini, we know he always favors defensive setups. Yeah. The midfield is missing a big piece of Verratti this time around. Uh, exactly. They're look they're looking kind of weak in all positions if you ask me defense mid and forward yeah. forward is the biggest uh, glaring weakness up. hopefully Chiro can turn it around and uh, start scoring some goals yeah. Netherlands are missing a lot of players due to COVID and uh, injuries yeah. so we'll see uh, for instance Martin darun has gone Davy Proper Leroy Fair Justin Clivert's out he didn't get called up. Yeah, we'll see what the Netherlands does. Jasper Silesen, they're missing, so they got to go with Tim Krul in that. Yeah. It looks playing, like. They're playing the same match as we are, Poland and Bosnia, right? So yeah. We'll see. They're missing their biggest defender, Virgil van Dijk. So the Dutch, by no means, are looking like world beaters themselves right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will be. It will be. I mean. I think they could have easily postponed this given that everything that's going on in the world with the rising numbers of COVID and all the all the all the bubbles and the shutdowns. I mean there's so many issues with players breaking bubbles and going on international duty and players being banned from going to represent their country on the international stage. It's it, it's so complicated. With this mess you might as well just have postponed these these two games, but you know they they went ahead with it. Let's see what happens. Should be a couple of there are a couple of exciting games. I think France and Portugal play each other one more time. So we'll see what happens. I know it's not the most exciting, the Nations League. It's just uh, another money grab for UEFA, I think. So, <laughs> but uh, you know we wish Italy all the best. Hope they do well. First things first, get the job done against Estonia. Then get the job done against Poland. Then get the job done against Bosnia. One game at a time, please. Stop looking ahead. Um, just remember, you're, Nations League or not, you're, you're playing to better your world ranking and give you better seating in the World Cup qualification groups so we don't have another debacle like we did when we got stuck with Spain. Nightmares of 20. Yes. Nightmares of... Uh, 2018.
Anything else you want to talk about? I think that's it. All right. So until next week, enjoy the Nations League games. Enjoy the Italy-Poland game. I know I will. We'll be back. Break down that game. I'll be really angry or I'll be one or the other. So until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Erickson, do me a favor and score a hat trick for Conte. Ciao.